Per- perfect timing. That is so good. Amen. You can be seated, guys, and let's, uh, let's open up our Bibles tonight to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you don't have a Bible, do me a favor and, and you'd like one, uh, you can just uh, lift up your hand, get Bill's attention here. He'll come to both sides of the sanctuary here, but if you need one, just give him a little wave and he can send one down the row for you. If you don't have a Bible, uh, feel free to keep that, hang on to it, take it home uh, with you. Uh, we can get more. We know where to get more. Um, I know the author, uh, so uh, I know where I can. Uh, I know where I can find a few more copies if uh, if needed. But um, yeah, we're excited to be with you guys tonight, uh, kids. Um, and if they get a little bit antsy in here, I doubt they'd become uh, tired of listening to me uh, after you know more than five minutes. But uh, uh, but if they do. Uh, moms with young ones nursery we have the foyer out there both have audio video and then i saw that in a couple of classrooms there's toys coloring sheets maybe if you're an adult you're thinking like yeah actually coloring sheets sounds pretty good right now uh i suppose why not right uh but uh you can those rooms are available for for that purpose too so uh, we got you guys covered they don't have to suffer uh in here if 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 they are maybe more like you don't have to suffer in here uh if they're if if it's a bit much for them but but that's the plan with that uh tonight and i'm so excited to be here with you guys tonight we're just Again, as we do every year, Christmas Eve, just getting together, uh, preparing our hearts uh, for what we're about to celebrate, remembering and reminding ourselves uh, of what exactly is going on uh, on Christmas. What are, we, what are we worshiping? Because it's easy to, to get pulled into just the, the normal day-to-day routine of Christmas that, uh, that is a part of our society and along the way to really lose sight of what is actually going on. And so I want to focus in on, as I said, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, verse 15 here tonight. We'll read it in a moment. But uh, as I was looking at this, I was, I was thinking about how, you know, when you, you see somebody and they're receiving an award, you know, maybe you're uh, watching um, one of these shows where the rich and famous people give each other awards. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, where they, let's celebrate me more. Uh, and, uh, and, and they get up there, and about 50% of the time, I would say, I haven't officially counted, but they get up there and they say, I'm speechless. But then they go on for 10 minutes. And, and, and I think, don't lie to me like that. Uh, because uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny, because... Paul says, in a way, the same thing here. He, he describes God's indescribable gift, only he doesn't because he can't. And the nice thing about God's indescribable gift is, is that we don't need to describe it. We, we need to just receive him. And so we're going to spend just a few minutes tonight as we prepare again for Christmas, thanking God. Again, not trying to describe it, but thanking God uh, for giving his son. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, Paul says just that. He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, if you're familiar with the section before, if you just maybe glanced at it a little bit, you can tell uh, that it, in the verses before this, Paul is talking about uh, the subject of giving. And, and particularly dealing with it with the Corinthian church. And, and then he kind of, you know, ends this section 
describing the ultimate gift and the ultimate uh, giver. And what's interesting is, is that we discover that the greatest motivation for giving, we talked about that this morning, that Paul talked about that, um, that saying of Jesus that doesn't appear actually in the Gospels, but we see it in the book of Acts, where Jesus taught the apostles and disciples, it's more blessed to give than receive. And here Paul, talking about giving, talks about the greatest motivation to give. How to be a really good giver is to really appreciate and remember the gift uh, that we have been given in Jesus Christ. And so in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 21, we read all about the gift of God, His only begotten Son. So let's take a look over there, Luke chapter 2. Uh, beginning in verse 1, and it says this, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with, his, uh, with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And so we read that story over and over and over again. You, you might even know it by heart. You probably recognize half a dozen different songs, even some of them which we sang tonight, that you have been singing since you were a small child. Yet, it's good to stop and think about what was really happening. 
what was happening there was God was giving humanity the ultimate gift. And it was the ultimate gift because, number one, what it cost God, it cost God everything. He paid the ultimate price to give that gift. But also it was the ultimate gift because of what it purchased for each and every one of us. And that was deliverance from our sins. That was eternal life. That was salvation. And so God gave the greatest gift, His only begotten Son. And so here Paul describes His gift as indescribable. Now, the word here, it's a, the, the Greek word here is actually a word that, that is only uh, used by church writers. It's only used in a in, in religious context, it, it, it means unspeakable. Thanks be to God for His unspeakable or His, his inexpressible gift. Might have even been a word some think that, that Paul came up with himself. I'm always asking the younger uh, folks, uh, you know, what is the thing that's being said today? You know, uh, what is the, the latest? I can't remember the already. I forgot the one I learned this afternoon. But uh, uh, see, I'm really bad at this. And uh, but, uh, you know, the newest thing, what was the one? Oh, yes. Thank you. Riz, right, yeah. So anyway, uh, they'll have to explain it to me again. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, like, what is the what is the latest thing? I'm just I I have great admiration for you know, especially I feel like these this generation, they they tend to coin a lot of really good terms, and uh, and and it's really fun. Well, Paul may have this may have been a word that Paul came up with in a sense that 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 he created that just kind of stuck, and and Christian writers continue to use it. This this idea of of an inexpressible and uh, an an indescribable and unspeakable uh, gift, and and what can you say about the greatest gift ever given? What can you really say uh, about an inexpressible gift? And the answer is nothing. And I just admire Paul that he he doesn't do that. He doesn't say, you know, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. But let me try. Because that kind of defeats the purpose. And, but he's already told us what he's going to do with that. He says, thanks be to God. Because as I said, you don't need to necessarily have to be able to perfectly describe the gift. In fact, um, I think that if you truly understand it, you can't describe it. It's kind of an interesting thing, right? The more you understand about God and about His gift the less you're really able to describe it. There's not very many things in life like that. Most things in life, the more you learn, you know, if you sit down and, you know, you really study them, you spend like 50 hours maybe watching YouTube videos about them, you're probably like an expert. You could talk for hours about those things and probably do a pretty good job describing them. But the more that we learn about God, the God in particular, I'm talking about God, I'm not talking about salvation, I'm not talking about the gospel, these things we can describe, these things we should be able to describe, but I'm talking about God. The, the more that you learn about God, the more that you, you realize, and, and, and particularly about his, the gift of His Son, the, the less you're really able to say effectively about it, or at least that's your understanding. 
the less that you're able to describe the gift itself. You can say what happens. You can say what it means to you. You can, you can talk about the gospel. But when you really start to break down God's indescribable gift, you find that you're really incapable, that there aren't enough words, there aren't enough languages to describe uh, what God has done. It is, uh, if you were paraphrasing this, you might say, thanks be to God for his gift beyond words. And so the best thing that you can do is uh, thank God and receive the gift. To realize, you know, I don't have to be able to say everything that I would like to be able to say about this. I just need to receive his gift and thank him for it. You know, I was just reading this week that Americans have a collective, brace yourselves, $21 billion right now in unspent gift cards. 21, and I'm not talking about the ones you haven't given yet uh, tomorrow, you know, uh, I'm talking about the ones that have already been given because this stat comes from February of this year, CNN. 21, just Americans, $21 billion in unspent gift cards sitting in a drawer or lost in between the seat in the car, you know, a Starbucks gift card or smash burger or whatever it is, you know, where did that go? And, uh, and, and. Let me just tell you this, that is not one of my problems. If I have a gift card, it's gonna be, it will be spent. Uh, when our kids were little, we had what we called the baggie of fun. And that was the gift card bag, and we kept it in the glove box in the car. And we would get the kids in there, and we would pull it out, and we would reach our hand in, and we would pull out a gift card, and that's where we would go. And, uh, and, and so until it was exhausted and it was spent. So maybe you should do that. Just put them in an envelope in your car and, um, and just blindly go in, pull one out, and that's what you do. Uh, and you'll spend uh, your gift cards. I don't have to do that anymore. I can just spend them. Uh, but, uh, but $21 billion in, in, in unspent gift cards. And you know, you look at that and you say, oh, what I would do with 21, I don't even need 21 billion, you know, I could just, maybe a hundred of those, and, and, and I would be fine, but, you know, unfortunately, when you think about things like this, and concepts like this in spiritual terms, what you realize is, is that most people will never receive salvation, will never receive the greatest gift ever given, and that is God's Son. So think about that for a moment. The greatest gift in all of human history that's ever been given, most people are just not going to receive it. They're not, the gift is out there. It's been, it's been given for them, but it remains unopened. You know, you probably know this verse. It was probably the first Bible verse that, that I ever learned. And that's in the Gospel of John, in the third chapter of the Gospel of John, in chapter 3 there, uh, uh, verse 16. And Jesus talked about how, what kind of love God had for the world. He said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now maybe you have or haven't noticed a couple of key words uh, in that verse. The first is uh, the word world. And the second is the word whoever. And so what we discover is, is that God gave a gift to the world. There's, there's a gift that was given to all of humanity. But there's a big difference between the world and whoever. A big difference. Because the, the world is everybody that has ever lived, is currently living or will ever live. That's the whole world. But whoever is really, when you look at it, quite a small subset of, of, of the world. And so the gift has been given to the entire world, but, but the entire world doesn't open it, doesn't receive that gift. And that, and that really is the great tragedy when we think about mankind. And, and you say, well, what is going on? You know, why, why is that? I think some people think that, you know, they... They don't need it. Um, they think, well, you know, you need that. You know, you, you need it. Or they, they think it's a crutch. You, you, you're, a, you're weaker, and so you need that to get by in life, but I don't need it. Well, we don't need to argue about who's stronger or who's weaker. In fact, sure, if you want to think that I'm weaker or whatever, I don't know that I necessarily disagree with you. But that's not why I received the gospel. You see, that's not why I received Jesus Christ. I received Jesus Christ because I know that he solves my problem that I can't solve. And that is the problem of sin. That is the problem of separation from God. And so I need that gift. Everybody needs that gift. It's just the tragedy is is that not everybody realizes that they need it. And so some don't want it. The problem is, is that people need this gift more than they will ever need anything. Imagine those things that you thought or maybe you legitimately really needed. Maybe you could identify one or two things in your life or maybe one or two things right now that you are absolutely in desperate need of. As great as those needs may be, and they may very well be quite legitimate needs, they're not as great as this need because this need solves an eternal problem. It solves a separation between, between man and his creator. And so many don't receive it. Romans chapter 3, there's a couple of verses in Romans that are quite key. And in Romans chapter 3, verse 23 Paul also writing says this, he tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that means that everybody's a sinner. He said, well, I'm not so sure I'm a sinner. I've never killed anybody. You know, I've never, uh, I, don't even, I don't even cheat on my taxes. I write down to the penny, um, you know, have you ever lied? Well, who hasn't? You've sinned. The Bible makes it very clear that lying is sin. 
Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Yes. Have you ever coveted? Yes. And you begin to look at it and you realize, wow, yeah, I've done that. I try not to. I don't, I don't do that anymore as much as I used to, but, but have you ever? Doesn't matter how many times. You know, if you go out and rob a bank once, you're a bank robber. You did it. You broke the law. And if we break God's law, once, even one time, we're guilty. And one sin, though we're all guilty of quite a bit more, unfortunately, one sin separates us from God. And so we have a lifetime, whether we're willing to admit it or not, of falling short of God's glory, of sinning. And the problem is, is that I can't do anything about it on my own. I can't clean it up. I can't atone for it. I I can't remove it. I can't wash it away. But the nice thing is, is in Romans chapter 6, we're told that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what I couldn't do, God did for me. And he had to do it. Because, as I said, you know, we, we... We sin and we're separated from God and people say, all right, well, so? Well, the consequence of that is eternal. The Bible here speaks of it in terms of death, but not merely physical death, spiritual death. Only it's not a death where you cease to exist. It's a, it's a separation. It's, it, hell is a real place. And people say, well, I don't like to use that, that word. And I, I don't want to talk about that. Well, well. You know, I don't particularly enjoy talking about hell either. It's not like we go around, I think sometimes people think, ah, Christians, they just like to talk about hell. You know, not exactly. I mean, I suppose maybe there are some people out there that enjoy the subject. I don't particularly enjoy the subject, but it is necessary. If you're on a plane and I tell you you've got a parachute and you know the plane's going to land in Fargo, North Dakota... Maybe you would jump out with the parachute, but before you got there, I'm kidding. No, but you don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you've got a life preserver under your seat, if it's not going to crash in water. But the moment you find out that plane's going down, oh, I better do something. And that, that's where the gospel becomes important, because you see, if we preach the gospel, but we don't talk about what we're being saved from, then what is the point? If there is no hell, then, and, and, and man does not need to be saved from, him, from his sin in himself, then, then why did Jesus have to come to die? Why did God have to give his only son? You see, there is of necessity a consequence that God is trying to spare us from in the giving of his son. And so we've got to remember, we've got to understand this when we talk about the gospel itself. And so, yes, we can talk about, yes, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, but Satan hates your guts. And he wants to take you down with him. And if you let him, he can. But the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so, you know, that is the point of Christmas. It's when God gave that gift to accomplish this. You know, I occasionally have a hard time uh, receiving gifts. I don't know if you're, um, if, if you're the same way, but 
usually uh, I don't know really what to say. Um, you know, someone gives you a gift and you're just like, wow, you know, I, I can't believe, number one, that you thought of me, number two, that you would be so kind or so, uh, so generous, and, 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 and you're just humbled and you, you don't really know uh, how to respond. You realize that, that you, you don't really deserve it. But what I found is the best thing to do is just to say thank you. You might not know what to say or quite how to act, but the best thing to do is just to say thank you. And that's what Paul is doing here. You know, we realize God gave us this gift, and what can we really say? We may not even know exactly how to act, but we can say thank you. And the question is, How do we do that? When it comes to God's gift, how do we say thank you? Well, I think first of all, there's nothing wrong with just saying it. There's nothing wrong with just telling God thank you. And we do that sometimes as we're worshiping, hopefully as we're worshiping God. We do that as we we pray thank you. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for not sparing your only son so that I may have eternal life. But Another way that we can say thank you to God is that we can give. In other words, we can allow His gift to motivate us to give. And not merely to say thank you to Him, but to give Him the only thing that He really wants. And that's yourself. That's your, that's your life. That, that's your, your love. And also then not simply stopping there, but then serving Him and giving yourself and your service to others that still need to know Him or that do need to know Him and you have the opportunity to share more of His love with them. And so we celebrate as we we, we come together for Christmas, we celebrate each and every year, this is the day set aside, to remember the greatest gift ever given. The greatest gift that has ever been given, that will ever be given, that will never be outdone. And the gifts that we give at Christmas, they're great. The gifts that we receive at Christmas, they're great. Um, and they, they pale uh, in comparison, but they can remind us of Him. They can remind us of that gift. And there are not enough words in enough languages uh, in all of the world to describe Him or what He has done for us. And so we just thank Him. We receive Him and then we go on with our words and our lives thanking Him and living a life uh, of gratitude. And so my one question to you tonight, and only you can answer this, only only you really know what's going on inside of you, but have you, have you opened that gift of God's love? The gift's been given for everybody, including you and me. But have we opened that gift of God's love and His salvation? And if you haven't, we're going to pray in a moment, and you can. And if you have, my encouragement is just continue on. Thank Him again today and just continue on in a life of thanks and thanksgiving and and giving as he gave. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much 
for your word that you've given us and the reminder that everything that we do has a purpose. And in this case, it's to celebrate your son coming into the world as that ultimate gift for the world. And we pray that that we would be among the whosoever who have believed in him, who have placed our faith and trust in him, who have expressed our gratitude and in an ongoing way continue to express our our appreciation as best we can for all that he has done and he continues to do for us. As we're praying tonight, as our heads are bowed, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you've come tonight and God is speaking to you, the question is, have you received that gift? Have you truly received it in your heart? As I said, you know, only you know. Only you can answer that question. But if you haven't, I'd like to pray with you tonight. Just as we're all praying here right now, and I believe that God is here with us. The scripture tells us that. And I believe that he hears our prayers because the scripture tells us that too. And I believe that if you haven't received Jesus Christ and you simply ask, he'll honor that prayer. Christ will come in. He'll be your Savior. He will become your Lord. He will wash you of your sins. God will wash you of your sins because of the blood of Jesus Christ shed on that cross for you 2,000 years ago. And He'll give you His Spirit to walk with Him and to serve Him. But you have to choose. God won't force you. He gave you the gift, but you have to decide Is this gift for me? Am I going to receive this gift? And so if you'd just like to join me right now, if you want to pray with me, if God is speaking to you right now, I just invite you, like I said, we're going to pray as we close. You can just slip up your hand wherever you're sitting. You can pray right from where you're at. And God will hear the prayer and the desire of your heart. But you take this opportunity now, and we'll pray as we close. Ah, Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for another opportunity to just gather together as your church to praise you and to thank you for the greatest gift, your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.